Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another edition of the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. I'm David Reinstrom. And I, of course, am David Brunel Brutman. Coming to you live from the basement of the Women's Building here in beautiful suburban Clayton, Missouri. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. And you know what? I could shed a tear. You could shed a tear? I could shed a thousand tears over how grateful I am for the beauty of this campus and the wonder of this whole place. You know what, David? I'm just bursting with gratitude. I am so thankful. I am so thankful. I think I busted my pancreas. <laughs> you know, I hear, I hear those are very difficult organs to replace. They are. But I happen to have a spare. Oh, okay. Here, well... let me just install it for you now. Okay. Okay, oh. ready? Oh, oh. Ooh, that is an unsettling... Wait, I got it. Here. Make sure you tie off the little... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. How do you feel? Uh, I feel very good. You feel good? And I feel thankful. I feel thankful, too. That's because... You know, there ought to be a holiday. There ought to be a holiday. On which one expresses one's thanks. That would be really cool. On which we give thanks. A thanks... Giving. giving. Oh, you know, hey, um... I think that might be a that, thing. That that might be a thing, which is why today is our show of Thanksgiving. Yes, indeed, listeners. On which we give thanks for wonderful things. Wonderful Puppies things. Puppies and snow and and pie. Raisins. I don't know why raisins <laughs> came to mind. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for raisins? I'm thankful for HarperCollins. HarperCollins. Thankful for HarperCollins, I guess. They just published Going Rogue, and it will be hilarious. Oh, oh, Sarah Palin. I, I book. rub, I rub my fingers together. Listeners, you can't see the air quotes that I'm making when I say book. Now, David, we mustn't be Air America. Remember the last time we got political, we got, we got one of those bricks through the window. I think the last time we got political, we uh, pretended that it was 1960. <laughs> Oh, our election day episode, for which, for which, for the record, we are very grateful. Yes. You know what I'm thankful for, David? What are you thankful for, David? Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm glad to be going home. I'm going home on Tuesday um, for, for Thanksgiving. Excellent. I'm driving home with my friend Emily, and uh, I am going to see my family. I'm going to see my mom and my dad and my little sister and my dog, and I miss my mom. I miss video games. There you go. There you go. Sorry, we were we were playing into something specific there, listeners. Yes. Uh, so, um, but so, I miss my mom. I miss video games. We miss video games. That's a lie, actually. Dave and I play. I don't miss video a games. A metric ton of video games at school. <laughs> I was playing video games yesterday, but I am thankful for video games. I'm thankful for chapstick. And wait, wait, no, 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 no. We're, we're moving. We're moving past. We're, we're, we're Can we like, tell the chapstick story after after a break? Can we talk about that? There's a chapstick story. Well, in regards to video games. Video games. How oh, you fix yes. the PlayStation 2. Right. Yeah, okay. But we'll get to that. Right now, we're thankful for video games, which brings us to our first sketch of the evening. Yes, indeed. So, uh, here it goes. Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2. Sailor Opportunity. Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2. Sailor Opportunity. Press start to begin. Wow, I can't believe we defeated the Monkey Ninja Super Boss in the Moravian Mines. Thanks for your help, Puffu. No worries, Squink. I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, Puffu, you're the best pufferfish sprite ever. Well, you're the best boy companion adventurer ever. So where are we going now? As soon as we get off this boat, we'll have landed at the port of Pirate Lagoon Town. Well, great! I bet they have all of the crystal shards there. If we bring them all together, we can summon the Magic Dragon Genie! It's true! And then we can ask the Magic Dragon Genie about the location of the other 37 crystal shards of the other glass dragon. And when we bring those together... We'll be on our way to saving the first of the 12 princesses! Right you are, Squink! But don't forget about all those sailor opportunities! Right. Before we go... I have to charge up my power bar so I can use the magical sword of Wong. And the only way to do that is to take advantage of sailor opportunities. You're right, Puffu. Now let's go. I can see Pirate Lagoon Town straight up ahead. Look, a piratey citizen. Let's talk to him. Hi. Welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Oh, well maybe he can help us. Hi, 
Welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Um, doesn't look like it. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. I'm Captain Slappy, the mayor here. Hey, I didn't even press A. Let's go, Puffu. I see a whole bunch of other town citizens that we can walk around talking to to gather information about the whereabouts of all the crystal shards. That sounds like a great idea. Let's go. Hi, welcome to Pirate Lagoon Town. And welcome to my potion shop. Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit? Oh, Pafu, this is a perfect opportunity to buy some potions for our journey. I agree. My power bar is running kind of low. Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit? Yes, please. I'd like to buy that Life Up potion. That'll be 75 pirate pennies. Oh no, we don't have any pirate pennies. Shucks, looks like we gotta go look for some pirate pennies. Looks like... I figure we can just break some barrels or something. I mean, that always worked for us before. You're right, there's a barrel. I'll jump on it. <laughs> I'm a barrel. Squink, you're gonna have to fight it. Combat mode. Good thing I have my archer arrow. Barrels are immune to arrows. Everyone knows that! Run! You have been defeated by Barrel! Oh no, our hit points are so low. Don't worry, I have an idea. Do you still have some cheesecake in your knapsack? Yeah, I think I do. Barrels love cheesecake! Would you like some cheesecake, Barrel? I would love some cheesecake! I knew you would, here! Barrel 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 Wow, Squeak. Looks like he's sleeping. Let's get out of here. But first, we'll take his pirate Bow pennies. Bow. Got him. Let's get out of here, Puffu. Right. Hello, and welcome to my potion shop. Would you like to buy a potion, sell a potion, trade a potion, or quit? We'd like to buy a green potion. That'll be 75 pirate pennies. Here you go. Great. Help me! Help me! Help me! It's an elderly man. And there's an exclamation point above his head. We should talk to him. I agree. I need some help! What can we do for you, Mr. Old Man? You kids gotta help me! It's the Pink Samurai Pirates! They've taken over my cheese factory! You'll find my cheese factory at the northeast edge of town! You've gotta fight those Pink Samurai and liberate it! If you help me out, I'll give you one crystal shard. Oh, right. Squink, those are the crystal shards we need, in case you didn't remember. I remember. We have to put them all together and eventually save all 12 princesses. Let's go now. Remember, pigs, samurai, cheese. What'd he say? I think he said... I said cheese. Look, there's the factory up that road. Ew, look, there's brown smoke coming out of the chimney stacks. And it smells like socks. The pig samurai pirates must have tainted all of the cheese. We gotta find the key to unlock those giant metal doors. I bet it's in a box somewhere inside a maze guarded by a dragon covered in straw set on fire and coated with kerosene and maybe in a box of jelly beans on top of a big old pile of bubble wrap. Oh, there it is. Was under this rock all along. Let's go. It's a pig samurai pirate. He said, What are you doing here, boy adventurer? He says, I've taken over this cheese factory in order to feed my men. He says, We must engage him in combat now. Combat move. Archer, sword, magical crystal beam! We hit him once, just two more times! Kamehameha! I got him again, one more time! You have injured him severely! Miss! He turned into smoke! You have defeated Pig Samurai Master! Yeah!
There's a crystal shard shining above his head. You got crystal shard. All right. Let's head back to town and save the game, Pafu. Good idea. I got some great sailor opportunities in this level. Legendary Squink Super Adventures 2. Sailor Opportunity. KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. I'm I'm Navi. I'm a useful fairy. And 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 and, and I'm directing you to a song. We're we're gonna take a break. You know, don't you look at me with those those judging eyes, mister. I'm confused. That's have you never played Ocarina of Time? Navi, yeah. she's the little navigational fairy. And she goes, oh. Hey! Okay. Oh, well, that's basically all she says. Hey! Look out! We're gonna we're we'll be right back.
Bullies don't introduce themselves. If your child's being bullied, learn to spot the clues. Help stop bullies with words to your kid or other parents. Visit McGruff.org. This message from the U.S. Department of Justice, Crime Prevention Coalition of America, the National Crime Prevention Council, the Ad Council, and KWUR, Clayton 90.3 FM. And you are listening to the K-Word Theater of the Air. Yes, you are. that station. That very station. Yes, indeed. I'm David Reinstrom. My name is David Brunel Brutman. And today is the Thanksgiving show. We're giving thanks. For We're stuffing. Stuff. Oh. Well, we were close. Stuff and stuffing. Yeah, both. So. I made a turkey. He did make a turkey. I roasted a turkey. Delicious. Yes. Yeah, it was really good. We have to wait for when once that um, avocado gets ripe. We should make that uh, orzo salad. Okay. You will love this orzo salad. Do you I, remember this orzo salad? I've had this orzo salad. It's it is, very good It orzo is the salad. greatest thing ever, listeners. Yeah, it's great. It's got this, like, lime cumin dressing um, and and bits of red pepper and avocado and black beans. and Yes. I'm thankful for orzo salad. I'm thankful I live with so, me. So, uh, before the sketch, yes. David reminded me of the <laughs> epic story of how I fixed... My PlayStation 2. He had no idea what I was talking about. He was like, what I do you mean didn't. you're thankful for chapstick? I was confused. Beyond the bounds of normal lip chappedness. And I happen to be a CarMax man myself. Oh, well. Clearly, you know how when people like, grin, grin in commercials and their teeth gleam? Well, I just I just sort of smirked and my lip gleamed. Bing! Ding! Like that. It was like a... Yeah, exactly. But, but in real life, although that happens in real life, the, uh, the sound is actually a lot quieter. It's, it's more like a, here, I'm going to do it. Cheer it? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, so. I heard it's, it. It's a, it's a very high frequency. The only people that can, you know, the only things that can hear it are Bats and Dave. So, the the chapstick story, please. J'insiste. So, we were talking about video games, and yes. it, it reminded us of, of the story of how I, I fixed my PlayStation 2 with chapstick. So. And magic. And magic. So, I've got this PlayStation 2, and uh, it was doing this weird thing where you would put in a disc and it would say disc read error and there would be this sort of weird clicking sound. It would go kind of it would be sort of this grindy, clicky noise and the disc wouldn't play. And I searched around online, you know, there was some information about like diagnostic modes and like you can flip it on its side and that'll make it work. This and is one of those tiny PlayStations. Also. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of the ones that's like the really small. size of a, a like a like a like hardcover a s- book. Yeah. But and a small hardcover book. Yes. Like Going Rogue by Sarah Palin. <laughs> now available in hardcover from <laughs> from HarperCollins. HarperCollins for the low price of twenty five ninety five. Do you think? Do you think that we'll get a free copy? Oh, for mentioning it on oh the show. Oh my God! Please, let's let's try to let's try to do that. That oh. should be our goal. Okay. This episode. Okay. Mention Sarah Palin's book enough times to get a free copy. <laughs> okay. 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 I'm, I am definitely done with. So. I met Meg Stapleton. Her her handler. Okay. Uh, she because she has a PR lady, right? Every everyone's got you know Obama's got Axelrod. Sure. You know she during the campaign she had, um, Meg Stapleton, and I met her last year when Kaywer was covering the debates, and uh, yeah, she was. You know how some people can be like really airy, but yes, like really defensive at the same time. No. Oh well, she was sort of like um, like a balloon with spikes on it. That was my impression of. Ma- See, we're never gonna get this book now. Uh, we're never gonna get this book. Um, she was spike. She was very. It's your fault. She was beautiful, and 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 appealing in a very midwestern way. You know, as I am appealing in a midwestern way. Wholesome. Wholesome. Yet well, arousing. Like, like the heartland, like fresh baked bread. You pervy perv. Exactly. Wholesome yet arousing. Fresh baked bread. There's nothing so, arousing about. Okay. I had this PlayStation Family show, too. Mister. I had this PlayStation 2 that was giving Family me this weird show. disc read error. And, you know, I tried all these sort of stopgap solutions. They kind of work. The home is a classroom, Mr. But Freeberg. eventually, I didn't, uh, you know, eventually, it just, it just nothing was working. So I said, we are going to open this sucker up. <laughs> so I got out. Does that void the warranty? Um, Probably, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think it had a warranty because Here it was Here at the Theater of the Air, we are all about voiding the warranty. So I don't think it actually had a warranty uh, because it was a it was a refurbished unit. You heard it here first. 
So we... Go home, open your electronics. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All of them. What were you just saying about this is a family show? <laughs> Do you not pay attention to the words that come out of your mouth? Hey, hey, there's bad advice and then there's prurient, sir. <laughs> so he opened it up. Fair enough. So I opened it up and uh, uh, inside the, the little laser that reads the disc is mounted on these little rails and it's got a little lens and I said okay what is probably happening here is either the it's making that clicking sound and and the moving piece in here that would make a clicking sound as it goes back and forth is that laser on the rails so I I sort of you know slid it back and forth on the rails and noticed that it was yeah, kind of, it, it, it wasn't sliding smoothly. So I said, okay, this, this needs more grease. The rails didn't seem greased enough. And ha- as I had not yet started making schmaltz in my home kitchen. Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, I mean, where where am I going to get, excuse me, I like, <coughs> I like hiccuped in the middle of that sentence. Where is he going to get and grease? So where am I going to get grease, right? Said. So I'm like, okay, what, what could I lubricate these rails with? And I, I just, I'm sort of thinking, and I say, chapstick. And I pull my stick of chapstick out of my pocket Ding! and run it over the rails of the PlayStation 2 laser. And ladies and gentlemen, after that, it worked perfectly. Question. Yes. Did you continue to use that piece of chapstick? I, yeah, actually. What I did is... I, I, I have the feeling you, you rubbed off the top of it with a I, napkin. I, I, like, sliced it off with oh. a knife. You know, I sliced actually, off the end because it was it got covered with the residual grease that was uh, still on the rails. Oh, you need to do that again. The yeah, the I know. PS2 it's is acting it's up. having that problem again. Yeah. And, and but you know what? It, it, you did that like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. So I mean that wasn't just a quick fix. It wasn't like he did it and then like two weeks later it was like. No, no. It, no, it I worked. did it and it, it lasted a very like, long time. You and Allison played through two full games of Okami, which is what like like a year of your life. <laughs> I have, ladies and gentlemen, I have played Okami like, for 58 hours. 58 hours. Did Allison do like a speed run in 48? Uh, well, here's what I did. Imagine doing just like a, just two full days. I initially, I initially completed the game in 48 hours. You could shower during those cutscenes too. Over the course of, of, I want to say three to four months maybe? David. Forty-eight hours over the course of three to four months, but then I said, uh, "I like this game so much that I don't want to stop playing it." So I'm going to go back and like collect all the silly little collectibles in the game. Do you realize? And that that added another ten hours, so it was fifty-eight. Good heavens. Do you realize that if if we keep talking like this, we're going to turn into like if if the penny if the comic Penny Arcade had a radio show on Air America. <laughs> That's what this would be. Oh, dear. We need to start talking about other things for which we are thankful. We do. We like, need to move on to, to... Because we don't want to alienate all of our listeners, just some of them. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, that was quite a laugh. So what else I, are we thankful for, David? I'm thankful for old television. I, too, am thankful for old television. I think we have a sketch about old television. You know, I think you're right. Vincent Price. Vincent Price. You know, I was trying to. Pra- I was practicing Vincent Price my Vincent. Was on old television. I was trying to. Well, he was actually in a bunch of old horror movies, the Hammer horror movies, which were great old horror films produced for very little money in the 1950s and 40s. Um, sexy. Yes. Oh, Vincent Price was terribly sexy. I realized that the Vincent Price voice. I was trying to do a Bullwinkle voice. Speaking of old television, and yes. and every time I try to do a Bullwinkle voice, I I sort of sink into the Kermit voice, right, or the Ernie voice. But if you start. Hmm. If you start from, uh, I'll need to work on it during the 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 break during the song, but <laughs> okay. I, uh, during the sketch. But I will I will show you how it is not not unlike a Vincent Price voice. Okay, uh, a lesson in voice acting coming up after this delicious old uh, television. This is I'm gonna sketch. lock myself into this just like I made myself write a Gilbert and Sullivan song last time. Exactly. Darn it. Enjoy the sketch, listeners. Play it. Just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip That started from the planet Earth aboard a new spaceship The crew set out to boldly go where no one's gone before The date was January of 2264 The 
doctors, wives, and honey. Can I be in the show? And sabotage the engines when the doctor told her no. The doctor told her no. The ship crash lands on the shore of this uncharted desert world with Captain Dirk, the first mate too. Dr. Ramon and his wife and some other people who are killed off very quickly all here on I Love Island Trek. And now, this week's episode of I Love Island Trek. I Love Island Trek is brought to you by Orbit Snacks. Orbit Snacks, they're so delicious. Delicious is a trademark of the Orbit Snacks Corporation. Void were prohibited. Offer not available in Alaska. Captain's log. Stardate, uh, flatly. What day is it? Thursday, sir. Hmm, thank you. Ahem. Stardate March 3rd, 2264. It's been two weeks since the initial grounding. Since our medic's wacky wife Betty deactivated the engines while we were in low orbit over this strange world. Now we're stranded on a desert island on a desert planet. Fortunately, we're on a rather lush and tropical island. But we can see across the bay to the mainland, which is nothing but desert. The sandworms taunt us, their huge heads rearing back in the harsh blue light of the twin suns. As far as we know, no intelligent life, or at least no life that's friendly to the League of Sentience, exists in enough capacity to get us off this rock. We're always working on fixing the ship, which was damaged in the crash. Soon, I think... Sir, I think that's enough exposition. What? I said, I think that's enough exposition for now. Well, I, are you reading my diary? You're writing out loud. <laughs> oh. Right. First mate Flatley, would you please call Dr. Fernandez up from the sick bay? I'll patch him through on video to you. Where is that doctor? I've been waiting for what feels like a light year. Light years are a measure of distance, not time. Oh, uh, yeah, I knew that. Okay, okay, Charlie, what's the matter? I don't know, Dr. Fernandez. Why don't you tell me? It's my six-month checkup, you see? Ah, so it is. All right, open your mouth for the tongue depressor. Okay. And lift your arms and say Crab Nebula. Ah, uh, uh. Ooh. Oh, Charlie. Hmm? What's the matter? Looks like cancer of the uvula. Ooh. Is that bad? Not for long. Hold still. Ow! That hurt very slightly. What'd you do? I cured it. Breathe on this. Mmm, your cholesterol pressure is up. Stop eating those Orbit snacks. But they're so tasty. They're terrible for you. Look at the ingredients list on the package. There are three ingredients. Cholesterol, rock salt, and high fructose corn syrup. But their advertising campaign is so delicious. All right, all right. I just don't want to have to put you on the insta-dialysis again. But all you do is wave that little pen thing over my arteries and I'm all better again. Come to think of it, that's what you do for everything and I'm all better again. You don't even know how that works. Well, how does it work? Well, the antimatter particulates in the pen, when the fluxion switch is set to 0.73 millibars, reverses the polarity in the HDL molecules and essentially facilitates a low-radius cold fusion reaction in your bloodstream, making your arterial walls highly ionized. Uh... Let me explain. Imagine I'm a plumber and your arteries are pipes for a city, but it's a jungle city and there's like weird plant growth in the pipes that's blocking the water, I napalm that plant growth and then coat the sides of the arterial pipe with Teflon. That analogy made even less sense than the initial explanation. <laughs> oh, that's the calm. See you in another six months, Charlie. Stay healthy. Will do. Bye, Dr. Fernandez. Hello, Dr. Fernandez here. Captain wants you on the bridge. Be right up. Excellent. Well, I've called him, sir. He'll be up in a few minutes. Excellent. If anyone can solve this problem, the doctor can. Well, what is the problem, Captain? Oh, I don't think you can solve it, Flatley. This is a man's problem. 
Your teeny tiny woman's brain could not even begin to make a dent in the massive block of granite that I'm using to represent my quandary. Are you familiar with the word misogyny, sir? Let's see, misogyny. Yes, I believe it's some kind of little cream-filled Italian pastry puff. Powdered sugar and pistachio nuts on top. <sighs> ah, hello, Dr. Fernandez. Hello, Captain. Hello, Lieutenant. Doctor. I wonder if you can help me out, Doctor. As usual, I will do my best, sir. The ultra-speed drive is unresponsive. Well, we knew that. That's why we can't leave. No, I mean the new one I've commissioned. It's not working. You wanted it built out of coconuts and bamboo. It's rugged, natural, manly. Like I said, you wouldn't understand, Lieutenant. <laughs> My dartboard has your face on it. So, Doctor, do you think you can take a look at the ultra-speed drive? Damn it, sir. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I can help. But I'll do what I can. Why, hello, Betty, my darling. Hello, Ramon, sweetie pants. I heard the sound of an adorable Cuban in distress. So I grabbed the nearest thing that looked like a wrench, and I ran to you, my darling dearest. Betty, amorcita, don't you remember what happened the last time you tried to help with a wrench? Ramon, where are you going? I am getting out of our separate beds to go help repair the engine, since we are in space. If it breaks, we will crash and die. Oh, let me help. Betty, no! That's a wrench! And you just hit the fuel thermomodulator, Betty! We're gonna crash! That was good times, Ramon. No, Betty! No, it wasn't! We crashed on this island, on this planet, directly because of that! All because you, Doctor, let a woman help. For centuries, this has been mankind's one fatal flaw. I believe Shakespeare wrote a play about it. A play called Hamlet. It's a play about a man who loved a woman, and that woman's name was Fate. I don't think it has to do with her being a woman at all. All due respect, Captain. Right. <laughs> and Hamlet's not about... Oh, never mind. Ramon, please, can I help you make a new ultra-speedy thing, please? Okay, Betty. You'll find it on my workbench. Outside. In the wilderness. The manly, manly wilderness. I have nothing more to say to you. Ah, there's the captain's workbench. And there's Ensign Lucas. Hello there, Ensign. Well, hello there, Doctor. Hello, Mrs. Fernandez. What are you doing there, Lucas? I'm investigating the fauna. The animals on this island are absolutely fascinating. Look, look, there's a lemur. Come here, little fella. Wait, let me scan it first with my vocoder. Your what? Uh, my bomb pilot? Oh, okay. I'm gonna feed it this banana. Wait, my readings indicate that the innards of this lemur-like creature are made of antimatter. What does that mean? <laughs> Lucas, no! Antimatter and bananas are diametric opposites. Oh, God, Lucas. He was my best friend, and he died, even though I'd never seen him before this episode. Episode? Episode of what? This episode of our lives, Amorcita. This episode of our lives. Oh. Okay. Let's fix the thingy. Okay. Soon. God, Betty, would you stop throwing those nuts at me? Throwing nuts at you is more fun than fixing the ultra-speed drive. That is undeniably true, I'm sure, but would you mind not doing it? Oh, okay, but one more. Ow! He broke open! Oh, it's all gooey. Gooey and blue. It's sticky, too. Bluey, gluey. Ah, it's hardening really fast all over the drive. Yeah, Ramon, and look! 
It's holding it together better than that painter's tape. You're right, Betty. And look, it conducts electricity. Oh, Betty, you're a genius. This drive may very well work. We may just get off this crazy island. I knew you could do it, Doctor. I knew you could fix the drive and get us off this crazy island. Actually, Captain Dirk, it was my beautiful wife, Betty, who figured it out. Your wife, eh? Right. Well, that's irrelevant, I suppose. How does it work? Well, see, we cracked open some of these nuts here, and the inside of them turned out to be a powerful... Nuts? Great Galaga, I'm allergic to nuts, you poltroon. That ultra-deadly nut drive must be destroyed. What, Captain, no! You... You destroyed it. All our hard work. Also, Ensign Lucas died. Uh, such is life on a strange and mysterious planet. I'm sorry I had to destroy your creation, Doctor, but my life is simply too valuable. I could go inside and get your sewing kit. You could use your surgeon skills to put that drive together. I'm not sure that'll work. Well... Suit yourself. Oh, baby. <laughs> You're listening. Yes, yes indeed. You're listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton, 90.3 FM. We hope you enjoyed that last little sketch. And now, we go into the farthest reaches of space, far and away, to a place called Disco.
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the KWUR uh, Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. You can listen online, as many are doing, at www.kwur.com. All the kids are doing it. All the kids are doing it. You know what we haven't said in a while? What haven't we said in a while? KWUR. The K stands for quality. We haven't said And we haven't played we haven't played that uh that um that promo. You mean the best station ID the ever? The best station ID ever. In the history of the universe? We'll have okay. to bring that back sometime. We're, we'll, we'll bring that back. I, I think I can get it for later in the show. Okay, perfect. Um, so uh, that, uh, that song, actually, uh, is by Utopia, which was fronted by relatively famous pop auteur Todd Rundgren. Um, I have never heard of this Perpin. He's, this Perpin. He's, this the person. Most, he's the most famous pop artist you've never heard of. I don't know. He worked with Meatloaf. He's pretty cool. Um, I was just searching for a very silly version well, of the Star Trek theme. Oh, he's he's a he's a an American singer songwriter, and then in the seventies he formed this band Utopia to capitalize on. I mean, to baldly capitalize on the prog rock phenomenon. Um, okay. And I have one of their albums that I got from my very good friend David Monk, uh, and I like it. I like it a lot, actually. Uh, but this apparently is later Utopia when they decided to start doing disco hits, <laughs> disco covers of disco television covers show themes. Of television show themes. Greatest thing ever, Best basically. Business decision ever. I think so. Would you say that you are thankful for Utopia, David? Yes, I am thankful for the detective work that you did in tracking down. Yeah. That obscure and hilarious disco cover of Star Trek. Yes. Well, I, too, am thankful for detectives. Mm. I'm so thankful for detectives that we have a sketch about it. Holy cow. <laughs> I know what you were about to say. Well, I can say crap on the radio, can't I? Oh, okay. I thought Holy you were about crap. to say something else. Well, no, because I, I stopped on C because I was considering. But, no, I can say that. Holy crow. There. That's a, that's a, actually, that's a portmanteau uh, compromise between the two. Delicious. So we're thankful for detectives. And, like I said, we have a sketch about detectives. Should I play it? Maybe. I think I'm going to do that. No, don't do it. Enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. No. Oh, wait. Okay, do it. The Detectival Adventures of Murloc Bones. And now, the thrilling adventures of Murloc Bones, deductive genius and private investigator for hire. Once an aspiring chemist, Bones was killed in his prime by a mysterious assailant. Now, rising from his grave, his tortured spirit cannot rest until he solves the mystery of his own murder. In the meantime, however, Murloc is content to have opened his own investigatory service, using his unique skills and a complete lack of skin and muscle to solve crimes. We now take you to his study, where Murloc sits before a steady fire, writing in his diary. Raining again. My new assistant is set to come in this morning. He seemed promising in the interview. He didn't seem terribly put off at my appearance, which is always a good sign. He certainly seemed a decent sort, and were I still able to smell, I would probably have sent some sort of pomade in his hair, placing him in a class just above the criminal element. This will be useful. He should be due in any minute now. Come in. Mr. Bowen, sir. Ah, Fenris McDougal. Do come in. I thank you, sir. Tis better cold than wet outside. As though I could tell, Mr. McDougal. I can't feel a blasted thing, you know. Here. Give me your coat, and I'll get you a cup of hot tea. Thank you, sir. When shall we begin? Well, sir, I dare say we shall begin right off with a bit of a forensic experiment. Here's your tea. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That will help us discover the identity of a fiendish murderer. Sir. Yes, the murder to which I refer is that of Miss Millie Mountebank, the actress. Read about it in the papers, I did. Grizzly stuff. Indeed. Three knife wounds to the calf, two on her ankles, and one higher up on her thigh, hitting her femoral artery. She was assaulted outside the theater after a performance, collapsed, and bled to death. Didn't she cry out for help? When Scotland Yard arrived, they found her with a gag in her mouth. And they found this. A piece of fabric, sir. Yes, a piece of her dress, with a mysterious white powder on it. Curious, Mr. Bones. Now, lacking a nose and not wishing to submit you to a sniff test of evidence on your first day, I think the best way to identify this powder is with some old-fashioned chemical analysis. So, if you please, sir, help me move this apparatus over here. Thank you. What a brilliant setup, Mr. Bowens. It's so complex. Thank you. I built it myself. Do you have any clues other than the bit of powder, Mr. Bowens? Not yet. 
but my intuition tells me something will emerge. Your intuition, sir? Yes, Mr. McDougall. A detective has no greater tool, sir. With intuition and deductive logic, a man can solve anything at all. Oh, and what have you deduced of me? Your favorite fruit is the damson plum. You eat them dried over granola every morning. I, uh... Thus, when you put your boots on this morning, you put the left one on first. And you take your morning tea with clotted cream. How could you possibly know all that? You've got purple stains on your left hand, and only the damson plum leaves that exact kind of stain. Now, if you've got them on your left hand, that means you held your spoon in your left hand, and thus you put on your left boot first. But how did you know to put clotted cream in my tea? You've got some on your beard. Oh, how embarrassing. And our analysis is done. It is indeed, sir. What have you found? Mr. McDougall, this mysterious white powder is, as I suspected, talcum. Indeed, sir. Yes, and from the size and shape of the individual grains, I can tell you precisely at which London plant it was produced. Fetch your coat, Mr. McDougall. We're going for a stroll. So this is where they make talcum powder. Yeah, see? They take blocks of talc and grind them under those millstones with cornmeal to create baby powder. Fascinating. Now remember, McDougal, disguised as we are, no one will ever see through our deceit, as long as we pretend to be Frenchmen. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, hello, sirs. Can I help you at all? Ah, uh, oui, monsieur. We have come to inspect your records. We are, uh, auditors, my partner and I. Uh, in the interest of corporate and ethical transparency, we ask you to open your ledgers. Uh, yes, we. Oh, well, anything for the French, I guess. Come on in. Thank you, sir. Uh, that will be all. Very well, gentlemen. Take your time. The ledger's right there. Ah. Ah, yes. This will do quite nicely. What does it say, Mr. Bones? By my desiccated osseous tissue, McDougal. It's damning evidence that points us in the direction of the killer. What do you mean, sir? Why, most of this talcum is sold to pharmaceutical companies and cosmetic groups. They use the powder as a fixative. But this plant also sells to private buyers. And from the looks of this ledger, to one in particular. Who is it, Mr. Bones? Why, none other than Colonel Kensington, the Louis XIV of crime. You don't mean... I do! The dreaded Colonel Baby. From a young age, the Colonel knew he was destined for a life of science. After a lifetime of study and distinguished military service, he succeeded in creating the Elixir Vitae, the Philosopher's Stone, the potion of eternal life. But he consumed too much of it. It restored his youth, but left him in the form of an infant for eternity. Now bitter at his shape, he bends his awesome intellect towards horrific criminal activity. Indeed, Mr. Bones. <gasps> Colonel Baby! Yes, Bones. It is I, your dreaded nemesis. When I heard you were on the case, I tightened security around my favorite haunt. And now I have you. But how could you see through our brilliant disguises? Only Bones would be so bold as to pretend to be French. The only French investors in this foe are personal friends of mine. And so I was forced to deduct that it was you, Bones, and your new assistant. Seize them! You do realize that you're admitting your guilt, don't you? You've come to stop us from finding you out, but in so doing, you're damning yourself. Of course he is, McDougal. But he doesn't expect us to survive this encounter. Do you, Colonel? I don't, Bones. That is why I can admit freely to all present that yes! Yes! I killed Mrs. Montebank. She was once my lover, but after my transformation, she left me for dead and married another man. I offered her life eternal, and she rebuffed my advances. So I killed her, and I regret nothing. And what do you intend to do, you fiend? You cannot scare us. Mr. Bones has no nervous system. I intend to use this facility so ironically purpose to soothe the tender bottoms of small children to crush your puny bodies into nothing. Hurry, men, bring them to the grinding mill. 
quenched them up and dangled them over the millstones. You're a monster. I'm a baby. You'll never get away with this, you scoundrel. Oh, but it looks like I have. Isn't that white, Moloch Bow? It did certainly seem that way, wouldn't it? How can you be so calm at the moment of your undoing? Don't you realize you're about to die? Again? And you there, for the first time. Ignore him, McDougal. I've discovered a structural flaw in this winch system. Shift your weight to the left. Very well, but why, sir? I can tell by the grease stains on this hempen rope that the pulley by which we are suspended is a Winchester model 37AA, which means that its ball bearings only handle a compressive stress of 562 newtons per millimeter square, which means that if we swing our bodies in such a fashion as to describe a circle with a radius of 1.6 meters, we can shatter the ball bearings and break free with our limber forms intact. Brilliant, sir. Wait, what are you doing? You may have wanted on me, Bones, but I'm... I'm okay. Henchman, do something! Now hold on, Henchman. I can logically deduce that you have a deeply rooted psychological trauma. Clearly, you need to attach yourselves to a higher authority due to childhood parental abandonment issues. Timeouts for all of you. I am very disappointed. <laughs> He's right. He's so right. He's so right. He's so right. So <laughs> now, Colonel Baby, it's off to Scotland Yard with you. No, not that place. No. That was a fine first day at work indeed. I'll say, McDougal, you may expect every day to be similarly action-packed. Now let us retire to the parlor where we may abuse prescription medicines. <laughs> You're listening to the KWUR Theater of the Air here on KWUR Clayton 90.3 FM. And now for the very greatest musical in the entire world. Simple curtsy would have sufficed, Mrs. H. Mr. Rose is alive! Here, look who it is! Sherlock Holmes is probably the greatest man alive! The greatest man of 1893 or 405! The greatest man of 1896 or 7 or 8! And other men with claims of fame will simply have to wait! And who's the reason they will have to write? Sherlock Holmes, without a doubt, the greatest man on earth! So much more than anyone else that nobody knows his worth. Success can only follow him no matter where he goes. The one and only Sherlock Holmes. The crisp and clinical, slightly cynical Sherlock Holmes. He's so good to have him home again, but he does have some funny ways. Holmes? Extraordinary. Admittedly, he has a somewhat liberal share of faults. The list is so appalling it could never be unfold. But everyone's defective. He's white and he is a great detective. Quite the greatest in the history of the world. He has the intellect of the British Museum. A mind as wide as a river Thames. A brain as big as the Colosseum. And eyes as bright as the finest gems. Infuriating brilliance all the underworld condemns. It's from qualities such as these that Holmes' genius stems. And the masters of crime have a miserable time with their tatty stratagems. And why? And why? I'll tell you.
Get your Smokey on. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. A public service message brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. You're listening to KWUR 90.3 FM. Yes. Clayton. And this is the K-Word Theater of the Air. Yes, it is. Uh, if you recall, listeners, earlier in the program, uh, David Rydstrom was describing the the gradations of... Uh, I, I don't even know what to call it. The well, gradations of his voice... it's very difficult, actually. ...between um, Vincent Price and Bullwinkle Moose. Yes. Um, and I discovered that doing the Vincent Price voice was probably... It got me the closest to doing the Bullwinkle voice that I have yet gotten. Because... Usually I fall into this, which is problematic because it's talking out of my throat, which sounds nothing like Bullwinkle. But if you start from a Vincent Price, then you talk a little bit more forward, and then you're speaking with the front of your mouth, and you get to be Bullwinkle. That's hot. David, you are truly a maverick of voice acting. No, Dave, you're a maverick. Well, I think we're a team of mavericks. We're a team of mavericks. You know who else is a team of mavericks? Sarah, Sarah Palin. Palin. She's a team of mavericks. You can buy her book. <laughs> from HarperCollins for only $29.95, $26.97, $26.95. On bookshelves now. Yes. It's called Going Rogue. Because she's a team of mavericks. Because she's a team of... She's like if if there were a team of oxen that were all mavericks and they were pulling America forward. That would be the equivalent of one Sarah Palin. Yeah. She's so mavericky. She's that... like a John Henry whose heart didn't give out. <laughs> That is how mavericky she is. Yeah. Maverickful. She she's John Henry with heart medication. Mavericklicious. Send us a book. Please. I think it may be time to end the program. No, it is never time to end the program. I'm thankful for this program. I am very thankful for I'm this thankful program. I'm thankful for your friendship, Dave. I'm thankful for your friendship. I love you. This has been a lovely Thanksgiving episode. Dave say I love you. I love you too. Okay. I love you deeply. I love you deeply. In in my heart. Uh, maybe even my cockles, can, or, can or I, my subcockles, David. Can I send you text messages um, with with X's nose at the end of them? Because I hear that happens <laughs> all the time now. Have you been listening? It's like all over yes. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell yes. Me and uh, the Hater podcast it's, from The Onion. It's it's now completely acceptable for heterosexual men to send each other text Kisses. messages with XO at Who the end of them. Who signs a text message? I don't know. You should listen to uh, the Hater podcast, actually. It's just this woman, Amelie Gillette, talking about things she hates. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, it, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy, too. All right, this is the credits music. The K-Worth Theater of the Air was written, directed, and produced by Sarah Palin. Our director of photography was Sarah Palin. Our moose wrangler was Sarah Palin. Hey, let go of me! Our lead audio engineer was Sarah Palin. No, I don't want to be Our snow you. machine operator was Sarah Palin. Our fire warden was Sarah Palin. <laughs> and our managing editor was Sarah Palin. Send us a book. Send us two books. Send us... Three books. Send us a team of books. Send us a Maverick team of books. Maverick should be a number. Maverick, uh, I declare that Maverick is equivalent to 4.5. Okay. Send us, Send a us a four maverick, and a half books. A Maverick of books. We or <laughs> or maybe it's more like, is is a Maverick then, I, I feel like it, it, it would be more like a, a flock. Yeah. You know, like you have a flock of sheep. Yeah. Or like a, a Maverick of Sarah's. Yeah, a Maverick a of maver Sarah's. No, a Maverick of Palin's. A Maverick of Palin's. There we go. Beautiful. All right, I'm going home. I'm thankful for bees! I'm thankful for mavericks! <laughs>